0: man oh man it is episode 18 of the ideas into action podcast it's me again your host hamza khan and our producer as always is kwaku ajumang aka kwaku on air aka leary king jr i don't want to spoil anything but this guy's about to interview a celebrity one very close degree away from the most famous torontonian of our time no surprise though kwaku is just as talented in front of the cameras as he is behind it speaking of talent Our guest today is the indomitable Danny Tseng. Danny Tseng is the co-founder of Syllable Design, an interior design and architecture firm. As a licensed architect with the Ontario Association of Architects, Danny thoughtfully crafts buildings with rigorous detail and creatively maneuvers around restrictive parameters to create the best possible design solution. His main role at Syllable Design is leadership in design direction and production quality assurance. Working on key projects such as major office building renovations, Danny is the driving force of design exploration within the firm. Previously, he used to work at some of Toronto's largest firms, such as Quadrangle and Moriyama and Tashima Architects, having exposure to fine detailing and concept development on key projects in and around the GTA. Danny graduated from the University of British Columbia with a Bachelor of Fine Arts, and the University of Toronto completing a Masters of Architecture. In this conversation, we talked about professional transitions, moments of change, and burnout. We also talked about deadlines, sugar and caffeine, and work-life balance. It was a chill conversation that took a little time to get going, but man, once it did, nothing but gems. Friends, give it up for Danny Sang. Awesome. awesome. Danny Sang. I'm excited that we're here and finally doing this.
1: Absolutely. I'm excited to be here.
0: Dude, when we kicked it at Imperfect, aka I'm Perfect, yep. aka that new restaurant right mm. beside the Student Life Network office, I was just blown away by the stories that you have. And... Um, It's such an honor for you to be on this podcast, for us to have you on this podcast. And I can't wait for the listeners and the viewers online to hear these stories. But before we get into all that good Mm. stuff, right off the bat, I've got a non-existent gift for you. (laughs) So Daniel Breeze, when he was on here last week, uh, we didn't have the gift for him physically. uh, And it only was until after the recording session that the gifts eventually turned up. So the Mm. gift that I would have given you is... The following book by, and I'm going to get the name wrong, I hope not, is Yvonne Chouinard. It is Let My People Go Surfing. Oh, awesome. <laughs> so this is the founder of Patagonia. Mm. And he talks about how it is that he created a company that had a rich, vibrant culture in which he allowed his people to go out and live their full lives and to blend work and life together. Right. And so pick this book just for you. And I apologize that I don't have it physically with me in studio right after this. Apparently, the concierge has found where the package is. Uh, I will mail it to you directly. So I'll get your home address and or your business address and uh, we'll hook you up.
1: Sounds good. And once I get it, I'm going to go surfing.
0: Hey, man, do you surf? (laughs) I do not. You do not surf. But you know what? Something that you you can learn. Maybe
1: it's something something to pick up.
0: Well, the the reason I picked that book, and so we did our deep dive into who you are and the way Mm -hmm. that you move through the world and your philosophies. And the one thing that I've really come to appreciate about you is that you're very calm and you're very content. Like, you've got the two C's down pat, and I imagine that your team feels very much the same way. Like, I had the good fortune at the ImpactX Toronto meetup last year to meet some members of your Mm -hmm. team. I've stayed in touch with some of them online, on Instagram specifically, and uh, they seem calm, they seem content. Like, you've done something special at Syllable Design, but I don't think that was always the case. You weren't always calm and content as an individual. Like, I think your team Mm -hmm. and Syllable Design benefits from you being a calm and content person now, but (laughs) once upon a time, you weren't that guy. You were filled with anger. You were filled with fear and frustration. Talk to me about that time before you created Syllable Design. Who was Danny then? I love how you
1: say that uh, I give you the impression that I'm calm because... you know how like you, you see ducks or like swan on the, on the <laughs> surface, they're just gliding along the water and they're beautiful and so graceful. Or you look down, they're like da, 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 like, <sighs> padding, like <laughs> crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I many call duck like that duck syndrome, man. That's yeah, a yeah, real yeah. thing, dude. Oh yeah. So so like at, uh, at, like there's times where I still feel that way, but I I'm very good at compartmentalize my, my emotions right now and then just like get into the zone after. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, like 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 before that, I was dealing with all sorts of other issues that that was um, more or less was a barrier for me to getting where I want to go. And it was only until I
0: resolved those barriers that really allowed me to get to the next level. And so talk to me about some of those barriers specifically and why Mm. did they make you antsy? Why did they make you sort of like, uh, um, you know, nervous about the future? Mm
1: -hmm. Um, Nervous about the future. I would say, let's see, like I, I used to, I used to suffer from really bad social anxiety issues. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when when I was at the beginning of my, of my career, I knew from the get-go that I want to be in the leadership position, or at, at least um, start my own firm at some point. And in order to do that, I need to be able to find my own clients, be able to communicate my ideas very directly. And uh, I presented very, when I was in school, I, I always presented really well, but that was because I would practice that and rehearse um, like ad nauseum, you would just, like, yeah. like like to the brim and, mm-hmm. and to the point where I'm just on autopilot. Yeah, you were just
0: regurgitating like a prefabricated exactly. thing. It wasn't exactly. organic necessarily. And,
1: and, and I did well. However, like one, when one I realized when I was um, at meetings at the office and whatnot, I would essentially hyperventilate when it, when it's like a room of three or four. And I'd never yeah. be able to get a word out. Like the words would be stuck in my throat. No the way. And then I... Like, that was an issue that I know that I had to overcome.
0: That's rough, man. And so talk to me about, like, the last job that you had before you came over and started your own company, Syllable Design. And What made you want to take that leap? Well,
1: well, when I was when I was about my very first job outside of school, um, I, knowing that I wanted to, to, to be in a leadership position someday and yeah. start my own practice, I, I started looking at what the... Founding partners and principals were doing that no one else were, and they essentially were going out to events and they were able to work the room like seasoned professionals, and at that time that that simply just wasn't me. And you know, I I had a stutter, I had social anxiety issues, and I knew I had to get out of that. And so what I did was I sort of inundating myself with of many events and. uh, social events as possible. Like I I would um, go to meetup.com, find out what those events were at and then uh, start going to them.
0: So uh, So you just wanted to throw yourself in the deep end exactly, and really just exactly. force yourself to get better at the thing that had been crippling you until that point.
1: I essentially inundated myself with it and, uh, until it wasn't a problem. And Interesting.
0: So you kept yeah. on trying new versions of Danny. Pretty much.
1: And it, it, it's all about reinvent it's all about reinventing yourself. Right. And uh, uh,
0: yeah. That's super interesting, man. Like, I, I wouldn't know what it's like to to grow up with a stutter. And, you know, communication is the primary vehicle uh, for all of my different endeavors, whether it is teaching, whether it's speaking, whether it's managing, so on and so forth, leading, all of that. Um, was that really hard to shake off? Because I feel like right now, I can't even, you know, I can't even sense the hint of a stutter. Like, you speak very fluently, very coherently, very articulately. Um but do you still feel like at times that the, the, the Danny that was, the Danny that had a stutter is still there, in there somewhere? Um, I would
1: say at, at this point I can firmly say no because that's a chapter of, of my life that I have closed. Interesting. And uh, the, like how I plan my life is always in five-year intervals. Okay. So what I do is um, I would, and this is almost like a daily ritual for me, like, uh, the first thing that I do when I wake up is, uh, more or less, I get out of bed and and um, wash my face with cold
0: water. Yeah, so just rude awakening. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and
1: then I meditate for 10 minutes. Yeah. And within those 10 minutes, I would essentially visualize where I want to go in five years and what my future self in five years will be like. Wow, every day. Um, Consistently, yeah. Since. Oh, wow. I would, I would say since... Um, uh, since like 20, uh, over 10 years now.
0: That's a, that's a new thing. I've never heard anyone who telegraphs on a daily basis that far ahead into the future every single day. Mm. Well, it,
1: it, it, was, it was, I was absorbing a lot of articles out there, and then that was an NLP technique that, that I read up upon. So, like, the technique goes um, envision where you want to be in five years and then picture it as in much clarity as, as you want and then uh, and s- see what that person is like, like how the person moves through the room, conducts his day to day, how, how that person gets stuff done, and then just picture yourself walking into that person and then being that person, and, and then thinking about like, what you can do differently
0: today. I like that a lot, and I think that really plays into what we're feeling in the zeitgeist. I think the one thing that superhero movies do really well is they simulate these scenarios where there's the person that we're supposed to become. Mm -hmm. And there's always part, especially when it comes to origin stories, this moment where the main character rejects Mm -hmm. becoming that thing, whether it's you know, Peter Parker rejecting becoming Superman, Spider-Man, or it's uh, Clark Kent rejecting becoming Superman. There's that process that we get to see in a darkened room for about three hours where that main character has to eventually step into who the world needs them to be. And it feels like you're constantly projecting out the version of Danny that's going to become, even though I think that you've become a fairly... Um, you know, well-articulated version, mm-hmm. a well-defined version of Danny right now. Is it hard living in the future like that all the time? Um, I, no, actually. But like, do you ever I feel mean, like you're not doing enough right now in the moment? I
1: feel how, how I look at myself is I always ask the question of um, what am I doing right now that is going to make m- me 1% better tomorrow?
0: One percent. That's Just it. Just a Small incremental I, I only change.
1: Focus on a one percent increment every single day. So, huh. like, what do I do today that will make my life and whatever it is that I'm trying to improve one percent better? Because here's a kicker: it's a small chunk. It's a small improvement, but over a year, I'm talking about like three hundred and sixty-five percent increments. Yo, that's actually really that's true. Yeah, exponential. Huh. So it seems like you know it's doable sizing it
0: down into chunks, and then executing on it. Yeah. And I think that that principle can be applied to anything, like Mm -hmm. whether you're working out or whether you're trying to save more money or, you know, whatever it is that you're trying to get better Mm -hmm. at or reduce or just change altogether by doing it consistently in small doses. We call it daily imperative actions on the Mm -hmm. ideas into action show. Um, That's the way to make it happen, man. And if there's any one theme that has emerged from all, I think your episode now, I think your episode 18 of the 18 guests that we've had on thus far, that's been a consistent theme. Like Mm -hmm. there's things that happen every single day that get them closer to the version of themselves they want to build there was an interesting like uh turning point an inflection point in your story and it involved a video game oh my god (laughs) you (laughs) You have a good memory (laughs) can you tell us that story man how is it that a video game sent you down the path that you're on currently
1: well um so this was back in this was back in like 2010 or so and then i was starting on my first um professional job my first full-time job out of out of graduate school and uh, back then I was very, very introverted. Like what I like to do is uh, I would go home and after work, lock myself in my room and just watch shows and play yeah, video games. That's And it. I finished the entire series of Lost in, in two weeks. Oh my goodness! It I'm I, sorry you had to do that. <laughs> <during this>. Those <laughs> last few seasons were oh atrocious, my God. man. Yeah, but but I still plowed through it, and oh then uh, and I genuinely enjoy doing it. Like I had some friends at the time that would always ask me to go out. I'm like, no, I'm busy. I'm hooked on this. Yeah, yeah I gotta. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm playing video games, and I'm like, I'm trying to save the world from the dark overlord here. That's
0: it, man. Yeah, let me live, you know. <laughs> Pretty much,
1: and uh, I genuinely didn't have a life outside of outside of like work, and uh, and and so. Um, it, it th- this was also the time where I realized that I, to get to where I want to go, um, I, I need to overcome social anxiety issues and also build a great social network around me, as they always say your net, work, sorry, your net worth is your network, yep. and uh, back then I had none, hmm. so I had no idea how to overcome that barrier. And then it was getting frustrated. So I was just playing more video games. And it got to the point where I downloaded a game called Sim Life 2.
0: Sim Life 2. Shout out to Sim Life 2.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's like Sim City, but then you you live a virtual life. Which is
0: very apt because at this point in your life, like you're caught in this, this vicious cycle mm-hmm. where you want to improve your circumstances, but you're also not engaging in the right kind of uncomfortable ordeals that will improve them for you, which is the networking. Mm-hmm. And so what you do is you distract yourself with almost like a divergent simulation online in which you can network the shit out of that, but it won't make a difference on your real life.
1: Well, here's the kicker. You're investing
0: in your artificial mm-hmm. virtual life, basically.
1: Yeah, here's, here's the kicker. So I never actually played that game. So what, what happened <laughs> oh, was um, I, I downloaded that game because I figured if I didn't have a life in real life, at least my character would wow, in, man. in virtual life. it's kind of depressing. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I was installing that game, and I remember very clearly looking at, at that installation bar going from 0%, 10%, 20%. And I live in a condo, and this was in the evening. I have my my blinds open, and uh, I have a pretty good view of the skyline. So looking out at the window at the different like, small lights out there, if you picture each of those small squares of lights as uh, a unit where someone else is living out their life in the city, I'm like, I'm just sitting here having no life meanwhile there's an entire city out there to explore so I looked over at the installation screen it was now at 90% 95 and I clicked cancel
0: right, before it, completed, my yeah. right
1: before it completed and then I kicked the door of my apartment open so hard it hasn't Since (laughs) then. That night, I I, uh, went on meetup.com and uh, all the other websites I could find. I Googled it, I looked for as many um, networking events that I could go to, signed up for 10, and essentially started reading books on how to network and and, and so forth. And I read up on that during the day and applied that in the evening. And I just inundated myself. But doing it almost every single day and uh, eventually built up the momentum where i was going out every single day and then at it, it started i remember my very first event i i was walking outside for pacing around for half an hour because i was so anxious to get in and then when i finally mustered the courage to get in i had to Drinking some liquid courage of course man yeah make uh, a
0: beeline right to the bar as soon as you get in
1: exactly exactly and and yeah and then uh, fast forward a few years later i walk into any events and there will already be a few people i know and then that's it amazing will more or less be like yeah
0: yeah you're just going to meet friends you're just basically exactly. stepping into a familiar environment there's so many layers to your story so many metaphors in your story right like from wanting to live in the matrix essentially, from wanting Mm. to create this artificial life and do the easy thing, and then the progress bar being like this moment of the universe giving you the option to back out at the last minute Mm. by showing you how much time is gonna elapse between where you are right now, your anxieties and Mm. your goals. And then you kicking down the door, that's like you making this bold statement that no, I refuse, I reject the digital world and I'm gonna go and live my life in the physical world and seeing those distance in the distance all those real sims like people real people and you're actually in sim city you are Mm -hmm. in the real life sim city it's toronto the gta oh yeah and you made it happen like you invested in the danny sang avatar that is not uh what you would have created in your online persona Mm -hmm. so way to go congratulations man that's a really difficult thing for people to do and i know i've i've invested Probably thousands of hours in video games, and there were times, especially when I was hitting low points in my life, mm-hmm. where I found myself comfortably playing video games like um, The Elder Scrolls, for oh, instance. Oh yeah, yeah, I played that. Right, too. The Elder Scrolls. Sometimes you just want to be a dark elf. Sometimes you just want to be a mage and just fuck shit up in, mm. in Morrowind, right?
1: Or more warrior mage. Warrior <laughs> mage, and awesome. like, yeah,
0: that, that, hey man, I, I'm, I'm, I, I would prefer a, a hunter mage. Mm-hmm. Uh, a nice little blend over there. You, know, you <laughs> get a little bit of brute force, you get to act out your, your, your crazy fantasies of going to war and whatnot, and at the same time, just, you know, throw a fireball at a motherfucker. There man. you go. <laughs> well,
1: well, we all heard Elon Musk famously said that he, he's 99% sure that life is like a simulation, it's a video game, but I, I think that we c- created video games as a simulation of life. Like, it's our metaphor of... of
0: sure, man, and even if even if Elon Musk is right, we still know what feels the most real. Mm-hmm. This exactly. right now feels the most real. Mm-hmm. And there's real consequences that happen from inaction in this For life. Sure. For so sure. I think you chose well over there, sir. And I would hope that there's, if there's any listeners out there right now who are struggling with video game addiction, who are finding themselves investing disproportionately online, like really think about reinvesting that energy offline like the mm-hmm. same dynamics that make you successful in video games are the very same things that can make you successful in real life like whether mm-hmm. it's if you're farming for coins in in warcraft or whatnot or starcraft you can farm for coins in real life it's called totally. getting a job Absolutely. dude. it's called like putting into putting in the work oh, yeah. um we're, we're gonna get go down another path over here but mm-hmm. i want to go back to you now networking yep. because you're engaging with something very difficult mm-hmm. Like you're throwing yourself into stress's way, you're yep. throwing yourself into harm's way. But you said you did this every single day. You would network. Like that sounds to me like a recipe for burnout if you keep at it. Was um, burnout inevitable in this path?
1: In in the beginning, I I kind of like had, I had a chip on my shoulder, and hmm, you something to and, prove. Uh, I also was in a sense making up for lost time because I was 26 at the time when I was actually like first going out. I haven't gone to a club prior to that, and. Uh, and then uh, I'm just like, I'm he- I've got a lot of energy. And then I've also realized that not everyone can do what I do. Because um, I, w- I would be out and uh, be um, feeling up on that liquid courage. Mm-hmm. And then s- s- going to events, sometimes like eight in one evening. From what? five until s- some, uh, three in the morning. And Jeez. then uh, I'll be able to do it all over again with no h- hangovers. And, and, yeah, and,
0: and the, the intentional networking of those events started to diminish the further the night went along. Because I'm sure at three mm-hmm. in the morning, there's no networking events happening, man. You're just clubbing at three oh, in the morning. Oh, pretty much, bro. pretty much, yeah. <laughs> You're stumbling out oh, yeah. I- into like a into a, a smokes poutinerie at three in the morning. Pretty dude. much, <laughs>
1: pretty much. And then uh, I, I I pretty much ha- have a three a four-day limit where I can go on a four-day bender without not being completely burned out. And then uh, I would use the weekends as a way to recover. So, so you just Friday, sleep on the weekend. Yeah, Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays, I'm, I'm a hermit. Like all I did was um, s- s- lie on my couch and watch the Food Network.
0: Damn, are people clubbing on Wednesday mornings, man?
1: Oh yeah.
0: I would not think that's the case here in Toronto. Wednesday's
1: a big night.
0: I had Once no idea. I thought it was man. like for me back when I was in my club rat days, man, like Monday nights were industry nights and then Thursday nights were like the Toronto Fridays.
1: Oh man, back back, back in the day, it, it, it would pretty much be uh, hit, hit go to events until eleven thirty, yeah, and then uh, get a good buzz going and then roll into a club right, right after to get get it started. So Damn, it, it, lo- logistically, it, it made so much sense. And I would always start from the event that's furthest from where I live and then, and then hop closer to to home. So after the first event I'm technically going home but making yeah. a few pit stops along the way.
0: That's a good system man. I kind of like that man. And like wait you know shout out to you more power to you for for playing the game on hard mode man because there was a version of this where you just went to one event a week and you gradually worked on overcoming your challenges but you just went all in. You're like, "Nope, there's a problem I want to solve. I'm going to solve this." Mm-hmm. But you seem to kind of overachieve in that solving of the problem. Like you took on a really Really bold and and big undertaking, man. Thank you, thank you. You have a burnout story that is just as intense, if not more intense, than the one that I went through, man. And I was wondering if you could share that with the Ideas into Action community, man. Yeah. So so Tell after
1: so after um, after overcoming social anxiety issues and then and being able to network, I, uh, I realized that the next thing I've wanted to fully overcome is procrastination, and then uh, similar to what I did. W- w- with, with that I inundated myself with as many projects and deadlines as possible so I <coughs> I was taking on seven projects with intense deadlines going on at, at the same time and then uh, and I would say yes to everything and sometimes in a very detrimental way because there, there are times where I so, should I say no to clients I said yes Th- thinking that I could take it on one and then two wanting to please them and those were both recipes for disaster because mm-hmm. I haven't at the time, I didn't exactly um, figure out how to set boundaries and also didn't th- exactly think about if that was the best thing for my, for my clients at the time. And this was like three years ago. So I was essentially working 18-hour days for, uh, f- for for at least eight weeks straight Wow. and, and no weekends also. And wow. then uh, at, at one point, I got into a client's car in the morning we were going offsite to see a new projects. And then uh, halfway through, I said, hey, um, I feel a really sharp pain in my abdomen. And uh, and I think it might be appendicitis. So the client dropped me off at Mount Sinai. And I went there, went to the ER. And they asked me to rate the pain from one out of 10. And I would say it was an 8.5, because I was, my back was wet from sweat, oh from holding God. back the pain. And I had to hold onto a chair like, ex- increasingly hard it was it was like a pulsating pain in, in the depth of my abdomen oh I would never goodness. got shot before but I would assume that's what it would feel like like I was legit sweating beating in sweat clenching my teeth uh, the whole nine yards oh my goodness and then they did an examination on me blood tests, and uh, like ultrasound uh, uh, the whole nine yards and they couldn't find anything that was wrong with me and at the very end the doctor asked you stressed out? Hmm. And and are you working long hours? And I'm like, yes to both. So she's like, take a break. You're overworking yourself and it's likely caused by stress. Yeah. So like you can literally, um, feel incruciating pain in your body. And it's your, it's your way of, it's your body's way of telling you to stop. So, um, yeah, uh, but, um, I can honestly say that I, I've overcame over overcame procrastination at that point from going through that experience. Over-
0: Literally, like you went to the hospital and you had to have a doctor tell you that this is what's going on with you. Like that's how much you had subjected your body to a level of stress that was physically compromising you. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm sorry to hear that. That's a, uh, this is, I think this is my second time hearing the story, but every time I hear it, it's just like, ugh. <laughs> it, just, it, it triggers a little bit of PTSD in myself as well. Like I don't think I can ever go back to living my life in a way that begot the sort of stress that burned me out the way that it did the last time that it did in 2014. Man.
1: Well, you wrote the book on burnout, so... there's no
0: way to live, man. Like I, One of the questions that I'm always asked is, like, do you need to burn out in order to realize what your thresholds are? Mm-hmm. And I don't think the answer is yes, man. You don't have to burn out in order to realize what your max is. You can, pr- you can incrementally and safely mm-hmm. move an edge towards your max. You don't have to go out in spectacular fashion and, you know, dissolve like a phoenix and then hope to be reborn again. Like, Mm -hmm. that's not the way you do it, man. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. It's no wonder that the World Health Organization has called stress the health epidemic of the 21st century. Mm Because you were just suffering in silence, it sounds like, for eight weeks in a row, 18 hours a day.
1: I was also really focused, and I was determined to just uh, inundate myself with it, and, and just make it happen. So, so like, where, where did be- that
0: pressure come from, man?
1: Um, it was it, it was self suggested. Like I, I, I figured, you know what, I'm just gonna do it. I just put my foot to pedal to the metal. Yeah. Go full force and s- see what comes out of it. And then uh, you know got everything done. Um, with the exception of one project, which which went
0: haywire. But yeah, would it looking back though, could you have gotten all that work done? And let in more time, slightly more time mm-hmm. without burning out.
1: I think so. And uh, part, part of it is, ba- is learning how to set boundaries and learning how to say no. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So what do you do right now to keep yourself from burning out? Like, now you're responsible for mm-hmm. a bigger team, yep. bigger projects, and you're also getting older. And so hopefully, you know, you, you're not going to burn out again because if you do, the recovery will be. Mm-hmm you know, commensurate to how old you are. Yeah. What are some things that you have in place right now? Practices, philosophies, people that prevent you from burning out.
1: Mm, so, I uh, so, um, meditation is huge. And, and I find that's when, when my mind gets clouded, meditation always brings me back to, to a piece. And it could be, be as, as quick as two minutes, even just, just find peace in there. And then, and I, when i when I meditate it's it's typically anywhere between two to twenty five minutes mm-hmm. that that's more or less all I need and uh, I, I also block out my my time in a very s- systematic way and with with all the things I'm juggling like, like I I get bored doing one thing uh, specifically so so like I was set, set up I would schedule my day in a way where every single day is different because when when like like say for example if if um, on Monday for me typically is when I do my business development stuff. So like following up with clients Mm -hmm. sending it goes for the week. And then Tuesdays and Wednesdays where is, is where I do more of the the, uh, production work. Right. And, uh, and, but but prior to that, um, Tuesday morning, I would figure out ways on tasks that I can delegate to my staff and then create, create systems for them to work on or, or they're empowered to complete their tasks as well. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, the rest of the week, more or less, just like like um, I go with the flow from there. And so right. But aside from that, I also put, put in scheduled breaks where nice. I, I would give myself kind of like earned breaks. And uh, um, one of my guilty pleasures right now is Trump News. Oh man, <laughs> Dude, most people that check is that out to stress man. themselves out, man. Oh my how god. are you?
0: How are you de-stressing by reading Trump news? Dude? It is. It
1: is scary and terrifying, but comical and entertaining at the same, yeah, same time. I, it is I, the there is a certain like
0: oh, yeah. comedic element to it too. Totally, right?
1: it is the greatest reality t- t- like TV situation right now that, that that's happening. Like I, I'm just waiting for the the Netflix special on Trump to oh, be released. Oh, there's going to be so then, many great follow-ups to this. Oh my like, god, movies, can you imagine the
0: first? motion picture based on this like the first biopic mm-hmm. it's probably gonna get done by like i don't know like an oliver stone or something exactly but who's that actor that's gonna do it like it has johnny to be...
1: depp man johnny depp does such a good job oh, in yeah, that, he did in that the parody. funnier exactly <laughs> like, it would be a parody like like it would be a funny kind of thing
0: i want to see like a straight up like adam <laughs> mckay style dick cheney-esque yes. vice style documentary on this man you know what's so interesting about trump though there's nothing that the late night comedians or SNL can do that's funnier than what's actually happening they
1: can't top that even even the self-part producers are like yep, nothing we can produce is uh, on par so we're just going to stop programming for like a year or two or yeah we can we,
0: you can't you can't mm-hmm. top it because like if if you do respond to it if you do create a parody of it mm-hmm. it becomes more intelligent than the subject matter exactly like there's much exactly. there's a level of sophistication and nuance that just isn't there with Trump like this is The most wholly unfit guy to be in that position. (laughs) It's like they went into the audience and they just pulled someone out. They're like, You want to be president? Come on down. Oh big my time, God! What time. a disaster, man! Time, what an absolute disaster, dude! Do you follow Indian politics, by any chance? No. So this globalist pop, this globalist movement, has seems to be sweeping much of the world, man. Mm-hmm. Like you're seeing it happening in Brazil and France. Shit, it happened here in Ontario with um, fucking what's his name, Doug Ford. Mm-hmm. Uh, in India, we have like a, a like a, a twisted, perverted version of Donald Trump. His name mm-hmm. is Narendra Modi, man. Oh wow! If you think Trump is bad, like this guy makes Trump seem like Justin Trudeau, man. Like this guy is just <laughs> a horror, like straight up genocidal man. Wow! Like this guy's out there openly admitting to killing people, and I'm like, ah, oh, okay, Jesus Christ, man! Like the, the evil in the world is just so plain faced now, man. It's just ah. Oh. Before we Crazy. go down this path Crazy. altogether, man, because that that's this is a whole other. Okay, I gotta check that politics, out. I gotta man. check
1: that out on the side.
0: I'll send you some links, but Beautiful. he has the same sort of like simple simpleton esque quality that makes him both endearing, comedic. But equally terrifying, scary it's hard, stuff. It's
1: man. a hard mixer to pull off.
0: I I'm still blown away that you find you find uh, entertainment in the, not entertainment, but like this actually helps you to de-stress. So man. yeah, that's <laughs> my <Watching laughs> <Trump> news, <laughs> man. Fuck.
1: That's my antidote to uh, the, the, well, just to like give yourself earned breaks to engage in your guilty pleasures,
0: whatever that might be. I like this, man. So it sounds like there's meditation, there's earned breaks. There's guilt-free fun that you engage mm. in as well. Uh, and there's also theming and structuring your days. Like you mentioned, Mondays were mm. for client work, engagement, and Tuesdays were for production. So I like that. These are really good productivity systems and practices to have in place. Um, the next segment of this podcast is an interesting one. So you're probably wondering what this skull is over here, man. Mm. Um, this skull is the Halo skull. Have you ever played the game Halo? Um, no. I I never got a
1: black and Xbox. I'm a PS4 MP.
0: Oh, man. I'm sorry about (laughs) that, man. I I feel like the the listeners, man, Team Xbox, man. I think we're losing numbers over here, right? Oh, man. I got to get back on that. But the game that that this references is a game that uh, I grew up on. All of my boys, uh, NBP, shout out to NBP. We used to play Halo quite a lot. Some of us still do. Haroon and I are the only ones who are still playing MCC these Mm -hmm. days. Um, I think maybe Azeem does too. But with the Halo skull... In particular what it does is it activates a challenge and mm. the challenge that we have over here is we're going to show you an old instagram photo and okay. we need you to just basically explain what was happening in this instagram photo Got it. and again to the listeners we're continuing down this path of using the instagram channel cha- challenge as part of the halo skulls but mm. if you want to see us go back to bespoke challenges just drop us a line and we'll try to uh, try to get that back out there uh-huh. so would you like to see this photo this is yeah. a totally optional segment okay. of the podcast yeah, yeah, would yeah, you yeah. like to okay yeah, yeah. awesome I handpicked this one for you. Going through awesome. your Instagram was a lot of fun, man. I gotta nice. say, you do a really good job of telling your story. There was one point in your Instagram where you were documenting everything you ate, man. Do you remember that?
1: Uh, yes, and there was one point yeah, when you I was were just like a full-fledged foodie, dude. When I was getting like getting into the groove of things, yeah, and because uh, like how I how I started cooking was was simply just being burned out um, after. You know, uh, work, right? Events, and then
0: uh, started getting creative with it. You started exactly, enjoying exactly. the art of it. Yeah. It's interesting when we had Daniel on last week. He said that he actually hates cooking. I'm in the opposite camp, and I think you are mm-hmm. too. Which we actually like cooking. Oh yeah, there's it's, something it's
1: very fun. therapeutic about it. It is, and and it, and it's like the ultimate uh, creative um, outlet, endeavor, yeah. right? Yeah, like like you you have an idea, I agree. You cut out the ingredients, you uh, transform it. Piece it together, and then you get to eat it at the end. That's awesome, man! So it's, it's the best it's kind it of it's art, best. man. <laughs> yeah, <it's> the best.
0: <laughs> created, you create it, you consume it, dude. I'm going to show you this photo over here. Uh, it might, it might trigger a. I'm not sure what reaction is going to trigger from you because oh. I don't even. Remember, I don't even yeah, think yeah, you yeah, remember posting this. I'm going to show it first to the audience over there. That's the photo that we pulled up from 2012. Wow! On Daniel's Instagram. So I'm gonna flip it over to you right now. Boom! <laughs> <laughs> and hey, I double tapped it for you too, mm, man. I nice, threw you a nice. like over there. Awesome, awesome. Dude, first of all, why are you dressed like Harry Potter? <laughs> <And> like, <laughs> what's going on here, man? So this was at uh, a friend of mine owns
1: a uh, a eyewear company. Okay. And then that was at their their opening. And uh, Look that's. At you all
0: baby face over there, man. Yes, yes. Bef- Not a hair on your face.
1: <laughs> <man>. <laughs> yeah, and so Le Corbusier is an uh, extremely famous and influential architect. And you uh, will wear these distinctive, like, r- circular glasses. And uh, I was putting it on in, in reference to that. So. Very Toyota nice, thing, man. Trying to like tap into my architect persona.
0: I like it, man. And you use like one of those OG old school Instagram filters like, I don't know what were they called, like, Amaro it, Amaro back you in the day, yep, 1977 yep, yep. or something. Who knows, man? Um, very good, man. And uh, okay. That, that, you know what? I'm, mm. I'm, 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 I'm quite okay with that explanation. There's nothing <laughs> really embarrassing. It's just what we did back in the day. For I also sure. love how you cropped out the edges and you rounded them out, man, to make it look like an older photo.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, that that was part of the the settings in uh, Instagram. Like, yeah, the I remember setting. that, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they. You they miss they those days, everything. man. Like no, nowadays, no, here we are.
0: I think it's, it's much better. It's more streamlined. I think we're in. I think we're in the age of no filters increasingly, man. Like people aren't mm-hmm. doing filters, and like the new filters are just using a really fucking good camera, man. Exactly. Just do a exactly. DSLR, proper white balance on there. You don't need to add anything else on. It. That actually takes away from the photo quality. Or 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 simply just like adding up the clarity and uh, brightness. You know, talking exactly. the contrast a little bit, but like slapping on something that makes the sky look purple I'm like come on man Just yeah. I want to see the picture the way that you took it right for sure very interesting sir well this brings to the performance point segment of the podcast mm-hmm. where we try to unpack how it is that you manage your time your energy your attention and how you optimize it as well and you've got a lot going on right so mm-hmm. you've got your personal life, you've got the running of a full-time architectural and design firm, Syllable Design, Mm -hmm. you're leading people, you're working with big projects, I mean, your signature is all over the city. There's places that I have walked into that you have had some sort of input, your firm has had some sort of input Mm -hmm. in terms of the design, the building of, which I think is so cool, man, like to be able to see your work physically in the city at all times. Let's talk about how it is that you were able to build yourself up to do this. and Let's start by talking about time specifically. Mm -hmm. One of the topics that we've rarely talked about on Ideas Into Action is deadlines. Right. How do you change your life in response to a deadline? Let's say a client comes to you and says, hey, we need to redo the interior of this upcoming restaurant. Mm-hmm. We're going to open up the restaurant in three months. How does your life change today in response to that? So uh,
1: work backwards. And uh, one thing, whenever we do a project, we always ask the client what it means for them to win. What and does it mean for
0: them to win? Okay. And it's
1: always different depending on the project type. Like a, a residential project for a private client, it's going to be very different than for a developer or a uh, restaurant for a restaurateur, office for an entrepreneur. And But at the end of the day, one thing that's consistent is user experience. So we're creating spaces for people and then uh, creating comfortable spaces. And what's exciting about what I do is uh, how we design the spaces we can strategically influence how, how people behave in those uh, spaces through the ambiance, through the layouts. We can change how they, how people would feel, and how they how they would use the space. So, and in terms in terms of the deadline, we think about what is the MVP, like what's the m- minimal viable product to make that happen, and then we work backwards from there. Like we strip away all the other other th- fancy things that cause a lot of uh, wheel spinning and uh, we just focus on the MVP, develop that first, and then add on the other stuff um, after. So so we more or less build upon that,
0: yeah. And then how, how do you then, like, you treat your calendar with regards to that? Like, you know the amount of work that mm-hmm. needs to get done, you yep. know what the MVP looks like, how do you then add things to your calendar that are proportionate to the kind of work that needs to be done? Mm-hmm. So everything seems
1: intimidating, like, say, it's, it's like building a constructing a building sure. creating a few entire drawings Yeah, things. I wouldn't even know where to start man. Yeah, yeah. but if you break it down into its core parameters okay like it's a title page and then plans and then within this plan you have a few rooms so maybe on Monday I only work on these rooms right. Tuesday I work on these other ones so break them down, down into chunks where it's not intimidating anymore and then, and then having a clear overview about what that looks like like essentially being able to see the forest from the trees and then start Figuring out which trees you want to chop first and when. And then s- sooner or later, you know it. Um, anyways, I shouldn't say chop. Plant. yeah, yeah. <laughs> plant. <laughs> plant. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Figure out where you want to replant and then plant those trees. And, and before you know it, you'll have a forest.
0: Interesting, man. So so the philosophy, the overarching philosophy here, if I'm understanding correctly, is just like get smaller. Narrow mm-hmm. down the scope of what it is that you're trying to do. Like, yeah. No matter how big the project is, mm-hmm. no matter how big the undertaking is, reduce it down to... Uh, if I'm thinking about Moneyball, like what is the at bat? Like what is the, the, the smallest thing that you can do that will get you a point? Yeah, and
1: and for me when I was overcoming procrastination, I realized at that pace, sorry. when I was, um, what causes me to procrastinate is is a few things. Um, the the first one is is lack of clarity, so and that goes into the int- intimidation about what the project actually is. It might seem a lot bigger. And then the the other part, interestingly enough, actually goes into self doubt. Yeah, because it it goes to the point where okay, if I put everything into this and still screw up, what does that say about me? Oh, I'm a moron. I'm a loser. I'm not good enough. So, um, and and uh, like just by removing that out of the equation, saying uh, I'm gonna do my best, and then and then take the feedback from the failure. And then tweak and adapt so I can win next time. Hmm. So those are the two main things that actually allow me to overcome procrastination, realizing that um, you know, like there's only two outcomes, winning or learning. And yeah. then two, by breaking down into small chunks, anything that seems intimidating can be can be made simple.
0: I like it, man. I think this is a, a good reminder to the listeners to to just break things down, make them simple. Like There's no such thing as an overwhelming project. I Mm -hmm. mean, there are overwhelming projects and tasks, but once you're able to identify that point of ingress or insertion, rather, um, everything starts to become easier because then it just becomes about momentum. Once you get that first little entrance into it, you work on a small piece then the next piece, the next piece, the next Mm -hmm. piece, the next piece before you know it, you've planted a whole forest, as you said, for for sure. Way to go, man! Let's switch gears and talk about energy a bit. So yeah. I see you over here. You're drinking a tea. I offered you a coffee. You didn't mm-hmm. want coffee. I was very proud of you. I don't yeah. think you added any sugar in there as well. Talk to me about your relationship with particularly caffeine and sugar.
1: Um, ca- my relationship with caffeine and sugar. So there was one point where I was drinking eight coffees a day. Ah, uh, what? Then, yeah. eight, coffees, eight coffees, a day? coffees
0: a day, dude. Why didn't yeah. just do blow, man? What the <laughs> hell, Pretty much, man? yeah,
1: exactly. And uh, it was, yeah, it was to a point where, like, yeah, I think I should stop. Um, and yeah, you think, man. It what wasn't giving hell? me much energy, and then uh, so so I also realized that with with my lifestyle at the time, like yeah. going out constantly, it was there's a point where I, I was burning the candle on both ends. Of course, then, yeah. Um, so I I started thinking about um, eating healthier, and so dropping coffee was actually like a, a something I did cold turkey. I just stopped one day and I switched to tea.
0: That's tough, man. It's How long really did the headaches like last?
1: None. Oh, really? Because you substituted the coffee that. with the tea, so. Yeah, and uh, you know, I was drinking, well, well granted, in without in one cup of tea, I have three tea bags, but it was a slowly decrease. Right, And to the right. point where I don't even need to drink um, any form of caffeine to feel energized. Good and for you, man. And in fact, um, being hydrated and getting enough sleep and meditation is en- enough to give me energy. And the other part is actually eating healthy. Yeah. The food that you put into your body is essentially the fuel that you burn on. And uh, being able to eat healthy and and uh, pretty much like everything that I cook and, and make is from scratch. So I know it's not processed. Good for you, So it, it's simply like what I, uh, being mindful of what I'm putting into my body. And then, uh, and then regulating my energy around it.
0: You know what, man? While you were saying that, I just I had this weird vision of like pulling into a drive-thru, and then ordering a bag of cocaine. like, <laughs> and, and, and why that thought came to mind, I'm like, yeah, I did that the other day, man. I pulled into a drive-thru Starbucks, and I'm mm. like, hey, can I have a caramel latte with whipped cream on it? And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, this is just caffeine and sugar, man. That's what this is. These are legal drugs, man. Exactly, These are things exactly. that make you crave more of the same thing. For sure. You have sugar, you want more sugar. You have caffeine, great. You develop a caffeine dependency over mm-hmm. time. Like, it's crazy that, like, people are out there in the open just doing drugs right in front of us, man. Oh, like, yeah. Can you imagine how we replace that with drugs that are taboo and just people snorting and shooting? Like, who knows, Oh, totally.
1: Well, well, it triggers
0: the same p- it's part of the brain, right? That, yeah. that pleasure-seeking part of release mm-hmm. of dopamine and all that. Scary stuff, man. And now mm. you're seeing it now happening with social media, too, right? They've done y- such a great yes, job of, like, hacking exactly. the limbic system that's exactly. responsible for memory, uh, Uh, memory arousal and one more thing I keep on getting them wrong I need to figure (laughs) out like a nice little acronym for that but I was in uh, I was in the theaters the other day I was watching uh, Avengers Endgame dude I'm not gonna no spoilers man by the time this podcast Mm. episode drops (laughs) hopefully people will have already watched it but I'm sitting in Avengers Endgame and there's this kid like two rows ahead of me on his phone the whole time I'm like bro I know yeah, it's a three-and-a-half-hour movie, but, like, come on, is he man. he, like live-tweeting it or something? <laughs> I don't know what he was doing, but I think, honestly, because I kept on seeing, he was on Instagram. He just kept on scrolling, and just to see what updates were happening on Instagram. Like, is wow. this movie this boring that you have to be on Instagram right now? That's part like, the need for Instagram gratification. But, but, like, all of this is coming back to caffeine and, and, and sugar. Mm-hmm. So you've done a great job of phasing caffeine out of your life and yep. sugar. You're managing that by preparing your own food and hopefully getting it from natural sources mm-hmm. and all that, too. Yep. Do you remember a time when, you know, you know caffeine, so you talk about caffeine, but can you remember a time when, like, sugar, processed sugar was a big part of your life and how that made you feel compared to how you feel right now? Because I think you look great and I imagine you feel great as well. Oh, I try, I try. Um, processed sugar, my, you know,
1: I think I was traumatized as a child. Like, um, I would be, I'd go out trick-or-treating for Halloween Yo. and then uh, accumulate a lot of candy and hide it. And then my, my mom would walk over, see, see me eating sugar. And she's like, Denny, you'll get diabetes. <laughs> yeah. They'll saw off your legs. So oh, like, oh, <laughs> with the graphic. With a graphic, like type 2 diabetes. I mean, if it gets to a point where it's actually like, that, they'll saw that stuff off. Oh my so God. like, you know, I'll, I'll be eating candy. And then she'll come over and say, you're gonna, you're gonna get diabetes and die. And
0: then she just like, just gesture so, by like, sawing off your leg. And yeah. and like
1: that was actually what gave me a negative association um, when it comes to processed food. Like I, I stopped drinking Coca Cola in high school. Yeah. And, uh, and I don't, I don't have any cravings
0: for sugar candy, um, so forth. It's tough, man. Like, definitely no judgment to anybody that currently has a sweet tooth or an addiction to any of these things, too. Like, as somebody who was addicted myself back in the day to all of these things, um, it was really hard to wean off. Mm -hmm. Like, in some cases also, you have to consider that there is a socioeconomic factor in this as well, right? When you think about food deserts, for instance, where the nearest place to get food near where you live is like the A&W down the street. Like you don't stand a chance at that point. For like sure. you don't have access to groceries in the same, in the same way that people with, for, with good fortune privilege do. Mm. So I get it, man. It's it's terrifying stuff. Also, shout out to shout out to trick or treating, man. Yeah, yeah. I wish we could still do it as adults somehow. <laughs> Just make a nice little haul, man. Uh, the Adult other day, version. I was hanging out with uh, my partner's nephew, and he had a cupcake, and I had the same cupcake, and I ate that cupcake, and I got a jolt of energy through my body. Wow. Now, I'm a little taller. I mean, comparatively to him, very tall and like significantly more mass. I was beaming with energy and I'm like, how is this... This mini human that's like a fourth of my size, a fifth of my size, going to eat that cupcake, and sure enough, he ate it and became devoured it. Dude, he became a ping pong ball, man. He was just bouncing all over the house. He became like a mini SpongeBob. So much energy, I thought he was going to explode at one point. I'm like, what the heck?
1: That's the issue. Like kids already have so much energy. I know. And then you, you like, like you give him a can of pop, like 12 sh- oh, teaspoons of sugar, Sugar, dude. That's just ridiculous. Like
0: wild, man. And
1: and and, and we wonder why kids have ADHD. It's simply just the diets that uh, mainstream media and these companies have made them to believe that it's good for them, and like uh, the whole thing, like eating like those high, like high sugar cereal mm-hmm. for breakfast, making this seem like the most important meal of the day. Like that's wrong.
0: It's it, dude. It's, I can't remember who it was, but I need to get this person on the podcast at some point. This person told me I need to figure out who it was. Told me that um, breakfast mm-hmm. was actually created by like the concept of breakfast came about. Was that you? I, I I might have mentioned it to you, By the but the cereal lobbies, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah That was you. What the hell? I, oh my god! I <laughs> I I was that like, was someone else, dude. It was you the they, whole time. They
1: wanted to to sell more cereal. Yeah. And then they they started of saying breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and then and then the 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 way you eat breakfast is cereal and milk. And, uh, you know, tr- and the dairy farmers came up with, yeah, you have to have milk with your yeah, cereal milk power. And, yeah. and drink it in the morning for breakfast. But, yeah, you don't eat breakfast. Like, no, I do dude. intermittent fasting or I don't eat till, um, you know, um, the afternoon sometimes. But yeah,
0: yeah, mostly around 11 because I l- love to eat. And so intermittent fasting, how long is your window? So Daniel on this podcast said that mm-hmm. his was 12 to 8. He only eats within a, an 8-hour window. Yeah, yeah.
1: So so twelve to eight, but but there's a gap where you don't, uh, where I don't eat um, between fourteen to sixteen hours.
0: Oh wow, that's good for you, man. And you do this consistently every single day.
1: Um, there are cheap meals. Not gonna lie. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I aim to be as consistent as possible.
0: Right on, dude. Last question in this uh, in Mm -hmm. this segment over here. Let's talk about attention, right? Like you've got a very active social life, so like. A lot of the habits that you picked up in terms of like being out there, being in networking events, mm-hmm. going out there, socializing, the occasional party over there, still very much part of Danny Sang's life. How do you determine the ratio between work and, quote-unquote, life? So I've uh, I've been doing
1: less of my, my, my events now. I go to significantly less than I used to. Yeah. And then uh, it's just like the initial impetus that I had was is, is no longer there. So if I go now, it's more to... Uh, catch up with old friends and then uh, whereas most of my business development now is through one on one meetings so instead of going out there and kind of like casting a wide social web that I did before I'm more focusing within my network and building right. relationships with people that I've already met right and energizing those relationships exactly yeah. and then leveraging their networks because what I realized when I was going out, out a lot is you know I'll have quick conversations with people but they're all they all last around like um, two or five minutes because We'll we'll see someone else we know at the event and then yeah, and so it was very very quick um, Transactional almost yeah, it's
0: like hey hello, you have a card? I have a card. Here we go. Exactly. Never follow up Yeah,
1: so so like I realized what's got me to where I am now isn't gonna take me to the next level Hmm. and uh, this year I I made a big pivot and uh, where I've actually just I just like had more in-depth, deeper conversations with people that I've already met and uh, hearing what they're up to, and I find that to be a lot more beneficial. So in terms of how I divide up my, my, my work and uh, free time, um, hard to say and, and varies. Like right, n- right now, um, I'm in a very busy stage of my, my um, work-life war. I've got a lot of deadlines going on at the same time. So it's probably 80% work and 20% um, play. But within those twenty percent play, I make sure I like do it and do
0: it well. Yeah, do it to the maximum. Good yeah. for you, oh, man. Yeah. Dude, Danny, that uh, that brings us to the last segment of the podcast, man. This is the rapid mm. fire round. How you awesome. doing, man? You good so far? Yeah, yeah. Awesome, man. Well, this is it. I got ten questions for mm. you. I'm gonna hit them to you, hit them at, hit hit you with them in a volley. What I need you to do is just answer with the first thing that comes to mind. For sure. Ready to do this? Yeah. All right. These are ten questions. The rapid fire round mm. with Danny Sang. Question number one, what's the last book you read? Last book I read, uh, Alter Ego by Todd Herman. Ooh. Number two, what's the last podcast you listened to? Uh,
1: yours, actually. Hey. To that, so Give us another one, though. Uh, it, uh, Tom Billu's uh, Impact Theory. And,
0: yeah. Tom Bilyeu has been a constant theme. It's you, Daniel Breeze, and Kelly Foss much. have all brought him up. Number three, what's the best video game of all time?
1: Oh, man. Um, I'm going to say The Witcher 3. Let's
0: Yo, see. great choice, man. Way to go. The Witcher 3. Number four, what's the title of your autobiography?
1: Um. <laughs> <laughs> Switch hmm. it up. Hmm. I, uh, I can't answer that right now. Let, you know me, think,
0: let me think, though. Hmm. L- let me think. How about that? I, I like think. that. It seems done. like a really let poignant title. <laughs> what does a person need to be truly happy?
1: Let's see. I would say accomplishing their
0: goals and making progress. If I can sum it down to one word, it's progress. Progress, feeling a sense of continued movement towards a point that has valence in it. I like that a lot. That's actually really... Yeah, no, that checks out. Way to go. I like that a lot. What's an app that you can't live without?
1: Oh, good question. Um, Managing my life, I would say any of the Google suites, so Google Calendar, Like, Google Calendar is probably the one I like to do. That's the one I would say, right? Yeah, I I, I use it to the maximum.
0: I have uh, the final task that I ever want to check off Mm -hmm. my to-do list is delete the to-do app. Oh, yeah? And I think if I had to switch to what I call mogul productivity, which is the only app I'm ever going to need, it's going to be my calendar.
1: Yeah for sure
0: because ideally you have a calendar that you can see where you need to be when you need to Mm -hmm. be there and then you have enough of a team where somebody's responsible for interfering the messages for you and then giving you a digest but you probably need like a phone email and calendar I'd say Mm -hmm. phone email calendar and you're set in terms of what mogul productivity looks like right on man Uh, if you could hire any artist to perform at your birthday who would you choose hmm this could also be a DJ
1: god there's so many only one
0: Unlimited budget, man. It can oh, be anyone. Unlimited anywhere. budget. Just bring Drake, man. Go for it. Oh, uh, man. I was <laughs> going to say Drake, but Jay-Z. Uh, oh, way to go, man. Yo, are we invited to your birthday? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you could trade lives with anyone for a day, who would it be? Il- Elon Musk. Oh, would dude. Love. I think your head would explode, man.
1: W- we'll be curious to see what it's like.
0: I imagine I would probably hate it, man. He just doesn't oh, seem yeah. like a happy person at all. Oh, man. yeah.
1: But I'll be, I'll be super curious to see what goes
0: on in his mind and his life. For sure, yeah. Uh, what's the most interesting thing you have right now in your jacket pocket? Um, jacket pocket. I
1: don't actually have anything in my jacket pocket right now. But you my, were just at a cards, You your business cards. My, I always have my business cards in my jacket pocket. Like, I don't use a card holder. It's simply just say, you know, just put it in my jacket pocket. It just says DT at syllable.design. Yeah, my, my syllable card. That's and, it. Uh, it's it's always in my right pocket because, um, oh, sorry, it's always in my in my, my left pocket because I you know, have a drink in my left hand and the right hands were shaking and easy access through there.
0: Way to oh go, God. man! Are you a beginning of the conversation card giver or after the conversation card giver?
1: Definitely after the conversation because y- you want people to feel invested in the conversation, and yeah. you know, and to be quite quite honest, I, like I. I, I See it as something to be earned. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't believe the type of networking where you're just m- making it rain with making cards. it rain with cards. Yeah. <laughs> Dude,
0: you went to UFT, right? I did. I went to UFT as well. There's something I about UFT students who network. Dude, they always give their cards in the beginning. I don't know who's telling them to do that. Yeah, but if you're cur- if you're if you're, of you're studying at UFT right mm-hmm. now, you're doing it the wrong way. Exactly. Like Don't do, give do, out don't your business that. card until somebody asks for it, man. Exactly. Or I've also used it as an effective way to get out of a conversation too. It's mm-hmm. like, I'm so sorry, I have to run, but. Here's my business card. Yeah. That's it. Oh, yeah. Last question, my friend. What's the best piece of advice that you've ever received? That I've ever received? Um, it was simply
1: just reading, reading the quote and, but by Nelson Mandela, which was, I, I, I never lose. I either win or I learn.
0: I never lose. I either win or I learn.
1: Yeah. And, and that's echoed in Ray Dalio's uh, Principles, hmm. where he defined like, success as pain and reflection equals progress and and that'll lead to
0: success pain and reflection equals progress yeah that makes sense actually pain and reflection makes progress and it sounds like even in your own story right there were moments of pain and there was opportunity to reflect and now here you are a totally different person than when you were sitting in your room looking at that loading screen just continue to eke towards 100% totally
1: it's it's like um, I believe in constant Constantly reinventing yourself and then figuring out where you want to be. And to be quite honest, the it's quite simple. It comes down to five steps. But it's the execution that's hard. And the, the five step is, one, um, define what you want to become and, and the traits associated with it. And then the second part is figure out what your barriers are towards that. And then the third part is, uh, is visualize it at least for me anyways. And then uh, the, the fourth part is simply going out and doing it. And the last and most important part actually is reflecting on it, like collecting data on what you've done,
0: mm. and then you
1: do it all over again. And uh, this five-step process has allowed me to essentially um, overcome a lot of my own barriers yeah. and uh, also allow me kind of like a roadmap to to get to wh- where I'm where I want to go and where wherever I feel stuck I compare myself like it's really easy to look at s- examples around you like um, I hang out with s- people who are more successful than me so it's it's easy to get caught up in their success and thinking about oh how come I'm not there yet but what I d- whenever I feel bad about that <coughs> I simply compare to where I was five years ago and then like damn I did well yeah and then I think about where I want to go five years from now. Because we're all running different uh, races, I so agree, it's man. key to just stay in your own lane and just run your run as fast as you can.
0: Yeah, one of the worst things I ever did when I was sort of like on the come up, if you will, mm-hmm. I still see myself as in the come up. I never want to stop seeing myself Absolutely. as in the come up. Is um, as I used to compare myself to other people, I would look mm-hmm. to I would look to my left, I would look to my right, and I'd be like, Why is this person running ahead of me? Why is that person doing that? Why does this person have this? Uh, one of the worst things I ever did, man. It, there's nothing good came out of that. Mm-hmm. It made me approach my hustle in a very angry way that yep. perpetuated the burnout, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you're right. I like what you said. Everyone's running their own race. Everyone's in their own lane. And all I have to do is just now look back to who I was yesterday, look, look back to who I was in 2012 or even before then, and just appreciate how far I've come and just take some solace in that. For sure. Danny's saying you're a very wise man, and I define That's wisdom right. here as the, the ability to act on knowledge. And, you know, of the five steps that you provided, the four were just about like, uh, you know, accumulating the knowledge, going through the experiences. But the fifth step, the most important step, as you said, was about reflecting and creating meaning by looking at how w- and what I've learned and how it is that I can now improve my next step based on what I've learned. Mm-hmm. Dude, thank you so much for doing this, man. This yeah, is an absolute honor, me. man. We, we rock this. Can you believe that an hour flew by? Oh, damn. Just, 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 <laughs> just like that. Just like Snap. that, man. What's, what's next for you with uh, syllable design? What's next is
1: uh, we're, we're going to continue to build up our momentum and uh, t- take on bigger and mini- more meaningful, more interesting projects. And uh, yeah.
0: And what's next for Danny Tseng as an individual? What's next? Oh, um, I have a whole list of things, of things I want to accomplish. But um, what's the what's the most immediate one?
1: I would say the most immediate one is is full
0: financial freedom. I love that which is being being able to build up a team that is able exactly, to look after the exactly. day-to-day of DT and then having enough investments where you can yep. buy back your time almost, big it seems time, like a system.
1: Yeah, because right now with everything we've built up, I'm still trading time for money. Yeah. And I'm also realistic in the sense that um, we're, we're building up a business, we're building up a brand,
0: and it does take time. Yeah. But,
1: um, I, I, have, I have a vision and I have the
0: steps planned out good uh, man I'm just executing it right now i hope that all the listeners and then viewers of this podcast feel the same way too that the goal should be to achieve true financial freedom which is about making sure that you have enough time to enjoy the money that you have for sure if you have all the money in the world but no time you're actually not rich you're not mm-hmm. financially free and exactly. the total opposite is also challenging because you're going to have all the time in the world but no no not enough money to enjoy it to the lifestyle that you that you're hoping for mm. and um dude with uh, where can we find you online um, you
1: can find our, um, our project websites on www.syllable.design, on Instagram, at syllable.design, and then my own own personal one, at um, Dan Shouk, D-A-N-S-H-O-O-C. But I would say check out our, our, our Syllable Design's um, Instagram page. We have some really great content where we uh, aim to add value to, to our viewers by kind of like describing our design challenges around it and how we solve it. So everything is, is, is added with a little bit of
0: uh, design knowledge that we do our best to curate and present. Wonderful. And finally, uh, for those listeners in the GTA, what events are you going to be at? Where can people you know, brush shoulders with you and receive that left-handed business card from you, man?
1: I got to check my calendar just yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs>
0: too many, to check. too many to check. I would figure like a, 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 a connoisseur of Toronto events. Like you would just have like our one ready to go, man. But yeah, I can also imagine why you would be overwhelmed by the sheer volume that you have coming up, man. Would you recommend any, like what, what would be the, your favorite community that you would recommend to the listeners over here to get involved in a community in, in terms of like an online community or an offline community here in Toronto, online community.
1: I'm actually not on any online communities right now. Something similar, like in the vein of like Impact X Toronto or Impactivists. Yeah, Yeah. like Impact uh, X Toronto when Kelly was running, those were great. Yeah. I feel like you should create some sort of online community. I feel like you would be really good at
0: I've been thinking about, and actually one thing I wanted to talk to Daniel about last mm. week was like, hey, yeah. what are you guys going to do with Impact X moving forward? Like, mm-hmm. if, if you're not going to, you know, if you're not getting the support that you need from yeah. Tom and Quest, like, hey, there's uh, definitely a very interested and willing supporter in me over mm-hmm. here. So, For yeah, sure. we'll talk about it. We'll figure something out, buddy. Yeah, yeah. It we'll figure good. something out. Uh, Friends, that was episode 18 of the Ideas into Action podcast with Danny Seng. Uh, I enjoyed kicking it with him. I enjoyed learning a lot from him, and I hope that you were able to get a lot from this podcast. Uh, If you liked it, be sure to uh, rate the podcast. Uh, Be sure to share this with your friends and and your loved ones, and uh, thank you so much for all the support throughout all the 18 episodes. We just have a few more to go until we close out season one. Thank you so much, and I'm going to see you all next week. We're out. Awesome. Bye. Awesome.